Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Red Card Rainbow Podcast. I am your host, Mark Bajarski, and this week we're going to finish up our two-part series on previewing the Premier League as it starts uh, here in a couple days. So go back and listen to last week's show if you can. Um, we talked through positions 9 through 20. I gave a few reasons why I think each team will finish where they do, and then I go a little more in-depth on the bottom three, um, those who are going to be relegated back down into the championship. I give some specific reasons why I think they are, and then I give you some storylines to look out for from that part of the table, including Jamie Vardy, uh, how does Newcastle fare coming back up into the Premier League this season, and some Americans to look for in the Premier League. So, go back and give that episode a listen if you want to be a little more prepared for the bottom half of the table. But uh, in this week's show, we're going to talk positions 8 through 1. Yes, we're going to go reverse numerical order uh, to build the suspense for you, where I will go 8 through 5, and then I will give you a little more in-depth on each of the top 4, ending with who I think will be the eventual champions. So, stay tuned and let's get into it. Welcome back, and now it's time for spots 8 through 5 on the Premier League table, starting off with West Ham. Now, as a Spurs fan, West Ham are obviously a London rival. Always does me good to see them struggle, but they really have struggled the last few seasons. However, despite their bad history with signing strikers, they've signed probably one of the best options they could. They brought in Javier Hernandez, better known as Chicharito. Now, this is not his first time in the Premier League. Obviously, he had a good stint at Manchester United before moving on to the Bundesliga with Bayer Leverkusen. But now he is back in the Premier League, and he is ready to do what he does best, which is score. Now, Chicharito is the classic uh, cliche idea of a fox in the box. He knows exactly where to be. He knows how to finish clinically from within the six-yard box. The guy is just a pure goal scorer. There's just not anything goal-scoring-wise that he can't do and hasn't done a thousand times over. So I think this is a huge addition for the Hammers, but they've also brought in the likes of Lone Joe Hart, which we talked about on a previous show, who I think will give good leadership, um, communication across that back line, which struggled last season. They've also brought in Pablo Zappaleta at right back, who I think will also strengthen that back four. And in addition, they've brought in uh, Marco Arnautovic, which we talked about a few weeks ago, um, from Stoke City, who is, for lack of a better word, an interesting forward. He likes to be very physical, gets a lot more yellow cards than he does goals, it seems, but the guy has a lot of talent and he has a lot of... um, fire, let's say. So I think partnering up there with the likes of Manzini, sorry, not Manzini, Lanzini, Manuel Lanzini, Chicharito, and Arnautovic will uh, do really well for West Ham. I think they finish in eighth, which is a pretty high uh, Premier League table finish for them, given their last few years. Uh, but I think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to do well this season. I think they've made the right signings, and I think they've uh, put themselves in a position to challenge their London rivals. Um, now, as far as um, these uh, top eight picks are going to go, um, I'm going to give you 
a couple of precise predictions, things that are very specific, um, that aren't just cliches, to uh, hopefully um, give you guys a, something to watch for with each of these teams. And uh, next year when we do our previews and prediction show for the Premier League, we'll go back through these. Um, so first off, the partnership between Lanzini and Chicharito will be fire. I think these two are going to partner very well. I think their styles of play uh, complement each other. Lanzini is Argentinian, uh, Chicharito is a Mexican, and uh, so naturally I think they're going to play with a little more free, uh, creative style, um, and I think that'll complement each other pretty well. Um, also, it doesn't help that they speak the same language, which is always a, a plus sign in your uh, primary attacking options. So, I think these two will be fire. I don't know exactly how to measure that, but I would say goals and assists. I think these two will be one of the biggest, uh, or one of the highest scoring duos in the league. Um, secondly, uh, more precisely, I think Chicharito will score 15 goals and get 10 assists this season. So, look out for West Ham, look out for Chicharito, and uh, let me know what you think of um, this in the comments, all you West Ham fans. Next up, we've got Everton. Now, producer Josh Peters is an Everton fan, so we'll see how much of this he edits uh, if he doesn't like what he hears. But uh, Everton, I think they finished 7th. I think this is about how good of a team they are right now. Now, let me say this. With the new ownership and the signings that they've made this season, they have shown that they are no longer just a mid-table or top-of-the-mid-ish table kind of team. They want to be in the top four. They want to be in Europe, and they have the money to put them there. Now, I don't think it happens this season. This is only Ronald Koeman's second season in charge, and they've got a lot of new uh, pieces to fit into the puzzle, as well as quite a few aging veterans like Gareth Barry and Phil Jagielka, Leighton Baines, um, that they're going to have to replace at some point. But I think Everton are going to be the kind of club that uh, Tottenham are now, who builds steadily over the next couple seasons and then really makes a push here in two or three years with the right signings and the right young talent that's brought up through their academy to make a difference. With the likes of Tom Davies and Amandola Lookman, they have, uh, and Mason Holgate, they're going to look very, very good this season. Um, so I think look out for Everton. Their key signings that uh, we've mentioned on past shows, but They've brought in Michael Keane from Burnley, who will help solidify that defense. Jordan Pickford, they, Everton's biggest hole to fill after the Tim Howard departure was goalkeeper, um, and even he struggled in his last season or two. So I think um, they needed someone like Jordan Pickford, who was a, a standout in a really bad Sunderland team. They brought back Wayne Rooney, so we'll see how that one goes. Um, obviously, they have a Lukaku-sized hole in the striker position that Rooney just doesn't fill, but he's not a bad option. A lot of Premier League experience. He's got a lot of um, fire in him, and I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to show the world that he still has it in him, so I don't think it's a bad decision, especially since they basically got him for nothing. Um, and then you've got Davy Klassen, who is a young, exciting playmaking midfielder from Ajax. I think he could be a very similar fit for Everton um, like what um, Christian Eriksen is to Tottenham. 
And then lastly, Sandro Ramirez, who they're excited about as a young attacking option. I don't think he's got what it takes to replace uh, Lukaku just yet. But don't sleep on Everton. They're going to be a very strong team, and I fully expect them to continue making moves as the season progresses. So, uh, my two precise predictions for Everton are, I think, by the end of season... Sigurdsson, Gilfie Sigurdsson will be a blue. He will be a toffee. He will be in Liverpool um, at Everton, and he will be pulling the strings of that attacking midfield. Lastly, I think Rooney scores eight goals, but I don't think he finishes the season as the starter, and this is why. I think Everton are going to bring in a decently big-name striker, either in this window or in the January window, because I don't think Rooney has that much left in him to be the undisputed starting striker for a team like Everton who are challenging for a top-four spot. So I think um, look out for those things, and uh, if you're a Toffees fan, let me know what you think. And producer Josh Peters, um, I hope this doesn't anger you too much. So next we're moving on to the sixth position. And we have fellow Merseysiders, Liverpool. Now, Liverpool are going to be an interesting customer. They were obviously an extremely talented attacking side last season, but they were leaky at the back, and I don't think that changes this season. So, Liverpool. They bring in Salah, Mohamed Salah from Roma, who is a blistery winger who is very clinical in front of goal. And uh, right now, the drama centers around whether or not they're going to keep their star playmaker in uh, Philippe Coutinho. So, my precise predictions are these. I think that Salah will score and assist, score or assist, 10 goals uh, by simply beating his defender with his pace. He's going to create chances by just blistering by his opponents and creating a chance or taking one himself. And lastly, Coutinho stays. That's right. I think that despite all of the rumors flying out there, uh, the 114 million bid that was rumored uh, by Barcelona that was just rejected, I think that Liverpool are serious about becoming the best team in England again like they used to be. And Coutinho is an important part of that, and I don't think any amount of money they could be offered would turn uh, turn Klopp's head, even if it does turn Coutinho's head a little bit. So I think Liverpool finish just outside the top four this season, and uh, I think they're going to be an exciting side, but I think that defense just has not gotten good enough, Um, and they need to continue to bring in some signings like maybe Van Dijk, um, who would help solidify that team. So that's Liverpool. And next up we have Arsenal. Now, I am a Spurs fan. I've said it many times on this show. I'll probably say it a bunch more times, especially once we get to Spurs. So, I want to assure you that I'm not going to let my hate of Arsenal um, cloud my judgment here. But, Arsenal finished outside the top four this season, and I think there are a few reasons why. But first, let's talk about key signings. We have Lacazette, who they brought in from Lyon and Ligue 1, and I think he addresses an issue uh, in that team, which is having a real striker, an out-and-out striker. 
Last season, they played with Alexis Sanchez in that role quite often, sometimes bringing on Giroux. Uh, but Lacazette offers them a true out-and-out striker. He's got speed to get in behind. He's very clinical in his fish- finishing and fits their system a little bit better than Giroud does. Now, they also brought in Saeed uh, Kolosniak. Not really sure 100% how you say his name, but he is a, a former Schalke uh, left-back slash winger. Um, and they've brought him in to help solidify the three at the back system as maybe a left wing back, and then he can also drop back into a back four as a left back. Um, nicknamed the Tree, he's a short, he's a stocky guy, um, made a lot of tackles at Schalke. I think he is going to be key to an Arsenal defense that um, wasn't terrible last season, but definitely had its weaknesses, um, and I think he helped solidify those. So, Those are the two key signings. Um, My two precise predictions are going to be that uh, defensive midfielder Granite Shaka will end up with two red cards this season. Um, He is historically known for being a little less than um, wise in some of his tackling. Um, Last season, he was sent off um, for a pretty gruesome two-footed tackle. And uh, he was known for doing this in the Bundesliga as well. So I think um, as Arsenal begin to struggle throughout the stretch, he gets more frustrated and uh, he gets sent off a few times this season. Second is uh, Lacazette. He will be the most fouled striker in the Premier League. Now, I think Lacazette is going to be a really good addition for Arsenal. I think he's going to score a good uh, amount of goals this season. But I also think he's going to put... Um, Arsenal in very dangerous positions going forward. Um, I think he's going to take a lot of fouls. I think uh, that he's going to um, put himself in positions to be fouled um, or he's going to go through on goal. I think defenses will have to foul him in order to stop him at some points. He was um, fouled a lot in France. Um, And I think as Arsenal grow into games and they start possessing quite a bit, Defenses are going to get less and less patient with letting him be on the ball, and they're going to foul him to try and stop him, and that's going to put Arsenal, specifically with Sanchez and Ozil, if they stay, um, to score from or assist from free kicks. So those are my two precise predictions for Arsenal. And then here are why, here's the couple of reasons why I don't think they make the top four this season. First one, depth issues. Now, we think Arsenal, and we think they have an embarrassment of attacking options. You know, you've got Danny Welbeck, um, Theo Walcott, Sanchez, Giroud, Ozil, just an embarrassment of riches up front. But at the back, they're kind of thin, and especially since uh, Wenger is going to start playing at this three-at-the-back system. Um, We look at some of their injuries for the start of the season. Per Mertesacker is out. Gabriel is out. Koscielny is on a red card. And then... In the middle of midfield, you've got um, Carzola, and who's, I mean, always hurt. He hasn't played a full season in like 10 years. Um, Ozil and Sanchez, who are, um, if you could see me right now, air quotes, hurt. Um, who knows if that's actually true. It may just be Sanchez saying his back hurts and wants a move kind of a deal. But right now, we don't know how often they're going to play, and that depth is going to show. They've sent a lot of people out on loans. Um, they don't have a whole lot in the way of um, center backs that can step in. You, you know, I mean, we're looking at, you know, 
Rob Holding being a starting center back if these guys can't play. So depth issues are going to be a problem unless Arsenal continue to go out and sign some players, which they might, but it's not always been Wenger's MO to sign a bunch of players during a transfer window, usually just one or two pretty good signings. Then, secondly, you have the Alexis and Wenger dramas. Now, so much of what happens to Arsenal down the stretch is due to a lack of focus. They lose sight on what they're, you know, trying to catch, you know, whoever it is in first place, second place. They play beautiful soccer, and then they fall apart. And I think it's partially because of Wenger. Half, probably over half of the fan base wants him to leave. He signed a new two-year contract. He's not going anywhere, but just the speculation, the drama that surrounds that whole situation just does not make it any easier to stay focused on what is important, and that is the on-the-field success. And then, Alexis Sanchez. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Who knows? If he doesn't leave in this window, he might leave in the next window. If you get one more year out of him, how motivated is he? You just don't know. So I think for these reasons... And lastly, the other teams ahead of them have just gotten better. Um, Tottenham being the only real um, exclusion here um, because they haven't made any signings yet, although I think those are coming. Um, Tottenham have one of the best starting 11s in the Premier League. So, I mean, as long as they don't get injured, they're fine. Um, But the rest of the teams, Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea, they've all just gotten better. Um, and while Arsenal have gone out and made some good signings, I don't think they've made enough. And so I just don't think they have the longevity, they don't have the depth, and I don't think they have the focus to, to secure uh, a fourth um, or even, you know, really make a challenge for the league. So, um, yeah, Arsenal finish in fifth. And uh, next up, we're going to look at who finishes in the top four. So stay tuned. All right. So for our top four, fourth place, I think, goes to Man United. Yes, Man United have gone out. They've made some, I mean, not just some, a ton of big signings, including most notably Romelu Lukaku from Everton to fill the void that Zlatan has left. Now, the reason I think they finished fourth Kind of the same reasons why I thought Arsenal. I think the teams around them have gotten even better, and I don't think Manchester United have done enough. Lindelof didn't look great in preseason at center back, so I think you still have questions there, Um, although I think he may grow into the position a little bit more at Manchester. Um, And then Romelu. Um, Jose is just not a striker's coach. He, I mean, he's had success in the past with Zlatan, but because Zlatan is also kind of crazy, they just mesh well together. But the style of play that Jose likes to play is um, defensive. It's, you know, uh, counter uh, the, be- the, the other team's best options and then hit him on a break. Um, just kind of anti-football. And it doesn't play well for a striker like Romelu, who's not really a target man, although he's big and he can do that. He is he prefers to pick the ball up and run at people, um, get in the box, those kinds of things. Just I don't think his style of play will fit with Jose's system as well as everybody seems to think it will. Now, 
That being said, I still think he's going to have a fantastic season, and I think he's going to be challenging for the Golden Boot. Um, but I think as a whole, that team still needs another year. That being said, Jose usually wins the title in his second season, so if they did win the title, I wouldn't be overly surprised, but I think they finish in fourth. And then in third, right in front of them, I have Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham have been challenging uh, for the title last two seasons and fallen short in the last week or two, um, usually with the title already out of reach, so that it's not like a bottle job. But I think it's out of reach for them this year. They're playing in Wembley. They're, they haven't really made any signings this, um, this season, and I think they need to. I think they still will, and we'll see what those are. But you have one of the, you have the, honestly, the best striker in the Premier League. You have one of the best playmakers in Christian Eriksen. You have one of the most dangerous midfielders in Deli Alley. And the best defense in the Premier League, as well as one of the best keepers. So like I said earlier, they have the strongest starting 11 of anyone in the Premier League. And we've seen that while depth may be somewhat of an issue for them, guys like Victor Wanyama and Musa Dembele, Harry Winks, Eric Dyer, they're interchangeable at different spots, so they can make it work if they have to. Um, I think that this system that Pochettino plays, the high press, um, is going to do what it has been, and that is wear teams down, catch them in mistakes, and score and make them pay for them. So I think for a multitude of reasons, uh, they finish third. But the one thing I really wanted to address with Tottenham Hotspur is the Wembley factor. So many people seem to think that Wembley is going to be a cursed thing. Not very many English teams do well there. Um, England doesn't play well there. And uh, Tottenham have not historically played well there in the last couple seasons either. Now, I think this is an overblown thing. I think if you look at their past few games um, in Wembley, there is a common theme, and that is inconsistency. They don't play there very often. Um, it's a huge stadium, and they're used to playing at White Hart Lane. Now they've had an entire preseason. They're going to have an entire season to play there. They will grow into Wembley. They may struggle at first, sure, but they're going to make it work. Now, this is different than, say, West Ham moving into the Olympic Stadium because Wembley still has a great atmosphere, and they're going to pack like 100,000 fans into that stadium, most of which are probably going to be Tottenham fans for most games. The atmosphere is going to be fine. They'll adjust, they'll make it work, and I think they challenge for a title, but end up falling into third. So, I have Man United at fourth, Spurs at third, at second. I have our defending champions, Chelsea. Chelsea are an interesting case this season. They've made some big signings, but they've really only been to replace players that aren't going to be there or aren't quite what they were going to be or were last year. So... They pick up Alvaro Morata, but Diego Costa is leaving. So you've really kind of just traded a great striker for a decent striker. You haven't really gotten another world-class striker, at least not that we've seen yet. Maybe he surprises us and really dominates the Premier League, but I just don't think you can do a whole lot more than Diego Costa. Then you bring in um, some other talents 
on the defensive side of the ball with Rudiger um, from uh, Germany. But you've sent out half of your depth at that position out on loan or you've sold them. Nathan Chaloba, Nathan Ake, uh, Kurt Zuma, they've all gone out on loan or been sold this season. And if they're going to play three at the back, they just don't have enough options um, to have a good you know, depth at that position. Um, yeah, you've got Azpilicueta, you've got uh, David Luiz, um, and then you've got your wing backs and stuff like that. But it's just not going to be enough if injuries start to take hold. And really, that's the only reason they won the league last year is because they had the fewest number of injuries uh, of anyone in the league. They just they stayed healthy. And that's a testament to their physios, to their practice, um, their, their training regimens. They kept everybody fresh and healthy, and they won the league fair and square. But I just don't know that you get that lucky two seasons in a row. And uh, finally, I think um, the injury to Eden Hazard is going to be huge for them. He's going to be out for quite a few weeks of the season starting uh, with that broken ankle that he got on international duty. And, I mean, he is the engine for that offense. You know, you've got uh, Kante in the midfield who, I mean, is the engine of the entire team, but the offense goes through Hazard, and without him, I just don't think that they're going to be nearly as dangerous as they are with when he's in there. I think they're going to struggle early on, and I think that cost them the title. But I still think once he gets back, this team is going to grow into the season, and they're going to give our eventual champions as much as um, as much of a run as they can. So Chelsea finished second, and finally our champion, Manchester City. Pep Guardiola is in his second season. He's never taken that long to win something. Last season was the first year that he's gone trophyless, and I don't think that sits well. And it's shown in the offseason that he's willing to spend any amount of money to make this happen. So he's gone out. He signed Danilo, Kyle Walker, Mindy, just an embarrassment of of riches that that club. And now they've got a solid defense. He can play his three at the back with wing backs. He can play a two at the back with uh, with um, outside backs who will come inside, who are ball playing um, outside backs. I think he can finally play the season that he wants, or the finally play the system that he wants to play. He's got a goalkeeper now in Ederson that I think is better than Bravo and Joe Hart. And, of course, you've got Gabriel Jesus. You've got Aguero. You've got David Silva, you've got KDB, you've got so much attacking talent on that team that the, really the only reason they didn't win more games last season is because their defense was so leaky. Um, I just I think they're going to be too much for people. Seeing them firsthand uh, this summer against Tottenham, um, they were just on another level. Now it's preseason, and uh, so it doesn't always show you everything. Um, there will be cracks that form, there will be injuries, and that's hard to predict, but... I think from what we've seen um, and the signings that they've made, they are um, the odds-on favorite to win the Premier League, and I think they will. So, my top four, Man City winning the league, Chelsea in second, Spurs in third, Manchester United in fourth, with Arsenal and Liverpool just missing out. So, let me know what you think, whether you agree or disagree. Um, Let me know um, where you think... You know, who your top four is, where you think Arsenal, Liverpool, Everton should have finished, if you thought they should have been in the top four, or if you thought they were, uh, there, if there was somebody else that you thought should come in. 
Um, let me know uh, on Twitter at uh, Red Card Ramble or at the underscore Booge. And um, stay tuned. We'll uh, be given a weekly recap of everything that happens. Um, you know, the big storylines from around the Premier League each week. Scores, updates on transfers as that window is slowly coming to a close. Uh, so stay tuned um, and enjoy the Premier League. Starts today, 1.45. So at time of recording, the Arsenal-Lester game has just kicked off. Um, so enjoy that. Um, and then share this show with your friends. Um, go rate and review the show. Leave comments. That's how we improve our standings uh, in the iTunes store on podcasts um, is great comments. We got one a great one last week from um, an anonymous uh, commenter. Um, go check that out. It's a pretty good read. Um, leave your own. Give us some five stars on there. And uh, if you like the show, let us know on our social media channels. So, all right. Well, that's it for me this week. Um, stay tuned for coming shows. And go enjoy the Premier League this weekend. It's back. The long wait is finally over. We have the Premier League again. So from uh, producer Josh Peters and I, we say enjoy this weekend and uh, take every challenge studs up.